Our focus now is on Philippians 2, 25 to 30, which is a paragraph about Epaphroditus and how he risked his life to bring gifts to Paul from the Philippians and how Paul is sending him back. And you might think, well, that's an interesting sidelight in the letter. Actually, it's not a sidelight any more than uh, 19 to 24 was a sidelight dealing with Timothy. Remember that? Timothy illustrated all the things that Paul had been trying to teach in this letter up to this point, and so does Epaphroditus. These are not little travelogues. These are illustrations of the kind of people who are fulfilling what Paul is trying to teach, especially in 127 through, say, 2.8. So that's what we're going to find. Let's read it. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need, for he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. What an amazing reason to be distressed. (laughs) Instead of about his own illness, he's distressed about their hearing about his illness. Indeed, he was ill near to death, but God had mercy on him. And not on him only, not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I'm the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Father, as we focus now, on this amazing man and Paul's amazing admiration of him. Grant that we would be like Epaphroditus, so oriented on others that we would be more concerned about their hearing that we are ill than that we are ill. Awesome. Oh God, work this miracle in us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What I want to illustrate is... um, something that I call uh, the levels of an argument that you discover by numbering the propositions. We're going to do that in a minute. And then figuring out what's the most basic. By basic, I mean the one that's going to give rise to the others. And then you build it from the bottom up. Like I might say, I was so hungry. Result, I ate a whole bag of Oreo cookies. Result, I got sick. Result, I had to miss class. Result, I failed the test. Result, I had to drop out of school. Result, and you see. (laughs) I just made all that up. So that's what I mean by building from the most basic to the ultimate conclusion. How do we do that when we have a paragraph like this? The first thing we do is go through and find the building blocks of the argument. And just to save myself space at the bottom to work here, I'm going to put a couple of them together. But here we go. This is number one. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. Number two, because he has been longing for you all and has been distressed, and I'm going to put his longing and his distress in one proposition, even though you could make it two, just to keep keep it simple. Three, He's been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Break. Number four, level four. Indeed, he was ill near to death. 
5. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also. And you could put those uh, into two propositions, but I'm going to keep them as one. 6. So lest, which means so that, so that I should not have sorrow, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. 7. I am the more eager to send him. Therefore, eight, that you may rejoice at seeing him again and that I may be less anxious. And I'm going to put my being less anxious and your rejoicing in one proposition, even though they could be broken out. Nine, so receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. Ten, because he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. I'm going to keep all that together. So we got 10, 10 propositions there. And the question is, which one is at the very bottom leading through all the others to the one that's at the top? And I'm going to try to draw these levels for you now. So we'll take them. Here's level number one. I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. Two, four, he has been longing for you all and has been distressed. Three, because you heard that he was ill. The cause of your hearing that is that he was indeed ill. So at the bottom is the very fact of his illness. But... God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also. And I'm going to go up and put that between level two and one. You have to just try this by trial and error. You'll see why in a minute. I wouldn't have known that without working on it a long time before I started this video. Five, so that, level six, I should not have sorrow upon sorrow. Six. Seven, so I am the more eager to send him. And I'm going to put level one and level seven on the same level. Because one says, I thought it necessary to send him. And level seven says, I'm eager to send him. And you could break up the eagerness and the necessity and say, well, the necessity is what gave rise to the eagerness. And that's the very kind of thinking I love to see. And so you could break this into two and take level seven even higher than the necessity. But I'm going to leave it that simple. Eight, that you may rejoice. I'm sending him that you may rejoice at seeing him again and that I may be less anxious. Therefore, so nine, receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. And then back down to level 10, which is virtually the same as level four. Because level 10 says he nearly died. And level four says he was ill near to death. Now, these are really stair steps in the argument. You can draw them like that if you want to.
He's building an argument. He's not doing it in a perfectly linear way from the most basic to the most ultimate. We don't hardly ever write like that. But when you want to understand how the argument works, you have to go and reconstruct it like this. So I'm, what you can do when you uh, get your levels in the order from the bottom to the top, you can put little dotted lines like this. This is level 10 here. And I'm putting these out here because you can then number them and paraphrase them off to the right like that to see if you really understand how the argument works. So if you want to go from the bottom to the top, you can start with your one here from the top to the bottom. So I'm going to put one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now, the reason there are eight levels here and ten propositions is because four and ten are on the same level and one and seven are on the same level. So it goes from ten propositions to eight levels. And then you can write out in your own words what the levels are. And oh my, is that an illuminating exercise. So let me just, I won't take the time to write it out, but I will just start at the bottom and we will build the argument in its logical, from the most basic to the top form, rather than in the flow that, that the way Paul wrote it. So, number four, proposition four, Epaphroditus was ill near to death. Epaphroditus was ill near to death. Level three, you heard this. Level two, you were distressed not you, but Epaphroditus was distressed by it and was longing for you. Five, God stepped in and had mercy on him and on Paul. Six, lest so that I wouldn't have sorrow upon sorrow. Seven, which is the same as level one. Level one was it's necessary to send him. Level seven is I'm eager to send him. So I'm eager to send him to you. God has worked and, and I, I want very much what? For number eight to happen, that you may rejoice at seeing him again. That's higher. That's the reason for sending him. Your joy at seeing him again. Conclusion. So first command, it's the only imperative in the entire paragraph, receive him in the Lord with all joy. That's the top of the argument. I am writing to tell you to receive him in the Lord with all joy and to honor such men. Everything else is an argument supporting this. All this is supporting this. That's the way the argument works. And you can write out the paraphrase out here. Now here's, here's the the aim. The aim is to see the big picture, how the argument works. Once you've done this, you've only begun the process of interpretation. You've seen the, the formal structure. Now, once you've done that and you start seeing all kinds of things, the question is, what does this structure tell us. 
What does it tell us about Paul? What does it tell us about Epaphroditus? What does it tell us about joy? What does it tell us about honor? What does it tell us about risk? What does it tell us about love? Oh my, the implications that start to flow when you ask now, how does this illuminate? How does he put it all together? Why does he structure things the way he structures? And that's where we're going to go in the next sessions. And, and I think if you stay with me, you're just going to be amazed at what the, the what does this structure tell us yields as we go forward.